Pastor, it's a privilege to, to be able to speak to you again this morning, and uh, what an exciting uh, opportunity for Pastor to have this membership class this morning. It's always uh, exciting to see people uh, want to be a part of us and uh, to take that important step into membership, so um, I really appreciate him giving me the opportunity to, to speak to you all again this morning. And if you could take your Bibles with me and turn to the book of John, John chapter 6, and we're going to focus on verses 5 and 6 this morning, uh, but you might want to keep your Bibles open because we're going to be kind of tracking with that story this morning. So John chapter 6, beginning in verse 5 and 6, says, Jesus soon saw a huge crowd of people coming to look for him. Turning to Philip, he asked, where can we buy bread to feed all of these people? And he was testing Philip, for he already knew what he was going to do. Let's pray this morning. Dear Heavenly Father, we love you and we're so thankful for your presence this morning. Thank you for the opportunity to be here together to worship you. And Lord, I just pray, Lord, as we take this look into your word and as we take this simple message, would you take this simple message and this simple messenger and you would speak to our hearts this morning. And we'll be careful, Lord, to give you the praise and the glory, Lord, for everything you do and say. In Jesus' name, amen. The day was warm and the thermal drafts were rising from the earth, and a gentle breeze was blowing over the great eagle's nest. The young eagles on this morning were growing irritable with this, this, uh, each other this morning because it had been a long time since their parents had returned back for their meal. And as the hours passed, they, they began to get more hungry and more irritated with each other. And finally, after hours, about midday, finally in the distance, they saw their, their parents returning. And, and they saw in their mother's talon was a small rodent. Each of them, hungry and excited, began to expect that the mom was going to drop the rodent into the nest as she always had. But there was something different about this day. And instead of dropping the rodent into the nest for them to have their meal, this time the, the dad continued circling and the mom just flew right on by. The young eagles were confused. It had never happened like this before. This was a first. And so they, they were excited and hungry, and every time she would pass just a little bit closer to the nest, but still just out of reach. The young eagle looked at his sister, who was a little bit bigger than he was, and, and he was hungry. He was ready for his meal. And so he decided he was going to climb up on the edge of the nest to make the, the ultimate effort. He wasn't about to let his sister get to the meal first. And so as, as his mother swooped by one more time, he made the ultimate effort. And before he realized what was happening, he found himself falling head over heels, calling out, unsure of what to do, flapping frantically. And in that moment, the parents swooped down beside him, almost close enough to touch him, and called out to him. And as he listened to their call, he simply instead of frantically flapping his wings, just thrust out his wings. And for the first time in his life, he felt the wind catch his wings. And for the first time, he began to soar. And although it wasn't as beautiful and pretty as his parents were with all the years of practice, he was, he was flying. And in that moment, something happened in that young eagle's life when he experienced what it was to soar for the first time. And he would never 
be the same again. And even though his first landing was was not spectacular, right, as he reached out for the, the tops of those trees for the first time, he would never be the same. But what I want you to realize this morning is the events of that day didn't happen by accident. It was no accident what his, his parents were trying to do as they coaxed him out of the nest so that he could take that flight for the first time. They, they knew what they were doing. They had a plan that day. And aren't you glad that with God, the situation is very much the same? The day was warm and the gentle breeze was blowing as Jesus made His way idly up the hill that day. He knew that they were coming. There was a great mass of them. They had followed Him around the shore of Galilee even though Jesus and His disciples had traveled by boat. They were so desperate to follow Jesus and to to see the miracles and to hear His teaching that they had come for hours and traveled from all kinds of different villages to, to, to hear Jesus and catch a glimpse of who He was. He had probably been much of the day catching up with Jesus. And as they approached, I can see as He found the perfect place to speak and and maybe he had already begun to speak and spend time, and he, he gets Philip's attention. And he leans over to Philip and says, Philip, where are we going to buy bread for all of these people to eat? Telling the same story in Mark, excuse me, if I can get that out this morning, right? Mark chapter 6, verse 35. It says, And when the day was now far spent, his disciples came to him and said, This is a deserted place, a desert place, and already the hour is late. Conditions were not favorable when when Philip asked this question, when Jesus asked Philip this question. That's one of the things I love about Jesus. I love reading the story in the Gospels of the way that Jesus tried to show the disciples who he was. And over and over again, he'd put them in position so that they could learn something about his character, something about who he was, because he needed them and wanted them to know him. But he also wanted them to know what he was capable of. And here again, Jesus was was testing them. He was checking old Philip out, and it it says uh, that he said this to him to test him. And this is what I want you to see this morning in verse 6. For he already knew what he was going to do. He wasn't really asking Philip to solve the problem. He he wanted Philip to learn a lesson about who he was. And in the same way, Jesus wants to work in our lives. In, In the midst of our stories, he wants us to learn how to trust him. Regardless of what we're facing, he doesn't want us to to just have a a reading a 2,000-year-old book in a far-off fairy tale type of story of the the things that he used to do thousands of years ago. But Jesus wants to have a right-now relationship with you. And so he's going to bring us and put us in situations, just like he did with the disciples. So we'll have the opportunity for ourselves to discover who Jesus is. And what he is really capable of. And so I I love watching this exchange as as he puts them in the place to to begin searching and looking for the answer. You see, Philip's response was so much like ours. In the midst of trying circumstances, Philip answered 
Eight months' wages wouldn't buy enough to give every person even a little bite. Where should we buy bread? Even if we could afford to buy a Jesus, which we can't, there's no Walmart within miles, right? There's nowhere for us to turn. What are we going to do? This is hopeless. There's no way for us to solve this. And besides all that, Lord, this is a desert place, and the hour is already late. This is a dead end, Lord. What are we supposed to do? And I'm thankful for men like Andrew who recognize a little boy with his lunch. You know, one of the miracles that we, we don't think about much in this story, but after uh, raising a son myself, uh, I, I think one of the biggest miracles in this story of feeding the 5,000 is at the end of the day, the little boy still had his lunch, right? Five loaves and two fishes, but, but could you imagine if he's anything like my son, right? It would have been in a paper bag and wadded up and stuffed in his back pocket with his baseball glove, right? And he was climbing trees and sliding down hills and doing all the stuff little boys do. But, but God knew. God had a plan. He already knew what he was going to do. And I could see, just imagine Philip's response, right, when Andrew even suggested that this little boy's lunch could be enough, right? And he choked and coughed and wheezed. And he says, but there are over 5,000 people out there. What are we going to do with this little boy's lunch? And after Philip responded like that, even Andrew sighed and said, but, but what are they among so many? And just like the disciples that day, we can be too quick to tell God what's impossible. And we look at our stories and our situations and the challenges we face, and we compare it to our bank account, right, and our resources, and we compare it to our strength or how we feel. We, 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 we compare it to the doctor's report, right, about what he says is possible or impossible. And, and unfortunately, many times, we don't even give God the opportunity to step in because we don't believe it's possible. We don't believe even God could step into our situation and answer our prayer. But I'm so thankful that God puts us in these positions just like He did the disciples so that we would have the opportunity to learn just who He is. So that when we face the next challenge or the next opportunity, we can remember back to the last time we faced a challenging situation. And we can remember that our, our God came through just because when we experience God coming through in our story, in our situation, not somebody else's, not a story from 2,000 years ago, but once we've experienced God come through for us, when we face what felt like a hopeless situation and we experience Him come through for us, it's like that eagle catching the wind for the first time, right? And just like he, it was never the same. When we really experience God come through for us, then we will we'll never be the same either, right? Because we've experienced him come through for us in what seemed like a hopeless situation. I'm so thankful for the way God wants to work in our lives. Because Jesus already knew what he was going to do. And how often have you and I come to a dead end in our finances or our relationships or our spirits or even in our bodies where, where everything on the outside, everything from the human side looked helpless? How many times have we felt like we were in that spot? But God is the only one, and this is what I want you to catch today. God is the only one who can do miracles in the desert when the day is far spent. 
He is the only one that can come through even in the moments that feel impossible. And He wants to come through in your life and in my life. He wants to meet us in those moments and those places. You see, the miraculous way is the way God always meant for those who follow Him to live in. Because He wants us to trust Him. He wants us to believe and to know that He is always there. No matter what we face, no matter how big the challenge. He wants us to know all the way down to the bottom of our feet, right? That we never truly, when we have Jesus in our lives, that we never truly face a hopeless situation. Because that same Jesus, right? that same Jesus that was teaching the lesson that day, that same Jesus that took what's left of that little boy's lunch, right? And broke it and fed over 5,000 people. In those days, for whatever reason, they only counted the men. It doesn't say how many wives and children were there, right? Over 5,000 pieces, people that he fed. Not only just a little bite, they, it says they fed, they ate until they were full, right? Only Jesus can take what looks like too little and make it more than enough. And that's a lesson that he wants every one of us to learn as we go through our life and we go through our story. He wants to be real to you regardless of what you're facing regardless of what it looks like to anyone else, and sometimes even regardless of what it looks like to us. Because he wants us to trust him. Trusting the truth is that if he never allowed us to come to a place where we needed a miracle, we would never know that he could come through. Right? If we, if, as much as we like to believe as Christians, if I believe in God, boy, it's going to be the easy life. Right, I'm never going to have another problem, and th nothing's ever going to go wrong. As wonderful as that sounds, the reality is, all that God would ever be is a fairy tale of the things He used to do in the past. But God wants to be real to us today. He wants to step into our stories, because He loves me, as hard as that is to believe or understand. He wants to have a personal relationship with me. He wants to be a part of of my story. He wants to be a part of your story. But he's not going to force his way into your story. Right? It, it, the faith part of a relationship with God means that there have to be moments in our lives where we willingly turn our hearts to him and say, God, I need your help in this moment. And it's when he shows up, when he does the impossible, that we learn something about him we wouldn't have learned any other way. I, I love... Uh, hearing other people's stories of miracles that God has done for them. I, I love studying the Bible and reading all these old stories of the things God did thousands of years ago. But even more than that, I love it when God shows up for me. I love it when God shows up in my story. I love it when God reveals something to me about His character and who He is because that's the way He works, just like He worked with the disciples. He wanted them to understand who He is. And I want you to see and remember this morning that that same Jesus, that very same Jesus, wants to show up in your story and to do the same things for you. And we can call out on Him today. The reason Jesus led them to the desert place was for them to need a miracle. If, if all that crowd of people would have showed up just outside of town, 
The first thing the disciples would have done if Jesus would have asked that question is take whatever money they had and run to the market, right? They would have been hitting the closest Safeway or Walmart or whatever, Costco, right? Because just like the disciples, our first response is to try and solve the problem ourselves. And how many times in our situations have we, have we waited to turn to God until we've exhausted every other option? We don't turn to God until our resources are gone, or the doctor says it's hopeless, or on and on we could go. But what God wants us to know is we don't have to wait till then. Right? He wants to have such a close relationship with us that He is the first place that we turn when we have a need, not the last place. Right? He wants us to have such a close relationship and believe so strongly in Him that we never face a hopeless situation. That whenever something big pops up unexpectedly in our life, the first place that we turn is to Him because we trust Him. And I believe He, he simply wants us to trust Him. You see, they wouldn't have needed a miracle if there was another answer. And as much as God loves us and as much as God wants to spare us from pain, I believe that there are things that God allows to happen in our lives. I don't believe He causes them, but I believe He allows them. So that there are moments in our lives where we have to use our faith, not just talk about it. Right, because he doesn't, is, I love church membership and pastors doing that church membership thing, which is a great, but Jesus doesn't want us just to belong to something. It's not just a social club. He wants to have a relationship with us. He wants a, to know us. He wants us to be a part of every part of our lives, not just an hour we spend once a week or once a month, right? He wants to know us. He wants us to trust him with every area of our life. You see, Jesus already knew what he was going to do. And I believe there are times in our lives that he already has a plan. He already has a escape route built into your situation. He's just waiting for us to turn to him. He's just waiting for us to stir up our faith and believe that he is able to step into our situations. Because here's the truth. Our, our meager finances will never truly meet the need. No matter how much finances you have, there will always be something that's bigger than your finances. No matter how strong you are or how much strength physically you have, there will always be something in life that will be too big for your strength. No matter how strong your relationships are, there are always challenges in life that are stronger than our relationships. The only thing that we have that's bigger than all of those things is a mighty God who loves us. And he wants to be the one that we turn to in our time, not only the times of our greatest need, but in every need. He wants to be the one. You see, because our lives were meant to reach for the miraculous. God designed us in a way, in our relationship, in a way that part of the equation is us learning to trust him and to turn to him. You see, we're like so many. And sometimes the answers come from the most unlikely places like a little boy's lunch. Sometimes we don't see God working in our situation because it doesn't look like what we expected, right? Or we were praying and believing for God to come one way and he saw a different plan, right, and showed up a different way. And we, we didn't even recognize that he was at work. Sometimes the answer comes in unlikely ways. But if we could see the answer or know the solution, 
that it wouldn't seem like such a miracle when God came through. And he wants to do a miracle in our lives and our situations. We wouldn't even call it a miracle if there was an explained or simple solution. If you could see away on your own, the, the reaction for most of us humans is to explain it off. Boy, that was lucky, right? Oh, that was amazing how that turned out on its own, right? Part of the reason that God puts us or allows us to be in a situation, in a desert place where there's no other solutions, is to us to be able to see and recognize without a doubt that was a miracle. That couldn't have happened unless God intervened. There's no other way to explain it except for something, something changed. God stepped into my story and did something for me. A miracle is a miracle because it's beyond what I can do. It's beyond my resources. It's beyond what the doctors could do, right? God wants to do miracles in our situations. And so no matter what the situation is you face, Jesus already knows what he's going to do. You know, one of the amazing things about God, our, our, our stuff doesn't catch him by surprise. Right? So many of the tragic, difficult stuff in life catches us totally by surprise. And, and a lot of times, those are the hardest things to manage and handle. But those things don't catch God by surprise. He knows. He's, he's got us. He loves us. And he's going to be there and wants to be there for us. He wants us to trust him. We need to just take the first step and trust him. One of the other stories that I love about Jesus and his disciples is the story about Jesus asleep in the boat. Right, And here was uh, these seasoned fishermen that were a part of, uh, of Jesus' crew. right, And they were probably in Peter's boats. right. I mean, these are boats these guys have probably used for years, maybe generations. And here, this unexpected storm shows up in the Sea of Galilee, and these waves are so big, they're not just filling the boat, but they're going clear over the top of them. And they're using everything they can find to bail it out, right? Trying to solve it on their own. But as soon as they get to the point where they realize, this is bigger than me and I can't solve it by myself, then they turn to Jesus. I love Jesus' response. Sometimes it's a little confusing, but, but the reality is, he says, what happened to your faith, Right? I'm right here. I'm not going to let anything happen to you, right? And he stood up in the boat and he spoke to the wind and the waves. And when my, my imagination tries to wrap myself uh, around that story, I, I often think of this river that's right out here. Do you, do you ever go down to the river on a totally calm day, right, when it's not in the spring and there isn't any wind, <laughs> right? And, and this big river just turns into glass, Right, not even a ripple. And the mountains, you can see the reflection in the water. It's just amazing. It's beautiful. And when I imagine the story of the storm on the Sea of Galilee, that's, that's where my mind goes, just in an instant. All of a sudden, those waves that were going clear over our boat as they're frantically trying to bail it out, all of a sudden, it's like glass. I don't think the, the waves just went from this to this. I believe it was like total calm. Right? And the wind that was howling and going crazy all of a sudden just stopped instantly. Because think about this. The reaction of the disciples. They had seen the blind eyes open, right? They had seen people raised from the dead. They'd seen all these amazing miracles. But this was the first time that they stopped and looked at each other, right? And said, who is this guy? Right? <laughs> who is this guy that even the wind and the waves 
obey Him. But see, that was a teaching moment. Jesus wanted them to understand who He is. And for each one of us, as we're on our journey of faith and going through our stories, we each have to have moments like that. Where we experience something supernatural. When we experience God coming through in what feels like a hopeless situation. Because it's in those moments, although none of us enjoy having them, right? If we're honest with ourselves, we learn more about God through those moments than any other moments. Right? We, if we're honest, we don't, we don't learn a lot from the mountaintops when everything is going great. But I learn a lot as God walks through me through the valleys, right? And I see Him come through and I see Him work and move and bring me through things that I shouldn't have made it through. Sometimes God needs to show Himself and be real to us so that we can understand who He is. That we, He can be more than just a club that we join and a place we go once in a while on a Sunday. Because He wants to have a relationship with us. He wants to know us. He wants us to welcome Him into every part of our lives. The good times and the hard times. Because life is a learning process. And as we face life, we need to learn to trust Him. To trust Jesus. Life isn't always going to make sense to us all the time, but we need to trust that He's in control. Sometimes, just like that little eagle story, right? Sometimes when we're learning to fly, we, we fall further than we had to. Because we're not listening for His voice. That little eagle would have hit the ground pretty hard, right? He may not have died, but it wouldn't have felt very good, right? It would have hurt pretty bad. And sometimes we fall further than we have to. And sometimes we fall all the way and hit hard because we don't turn and listen to God in the middle of the confusion. And we flap and do all of our best, right, in our own efforts to try and solve the situation ourselves. But there's something powerful that happens in our relationship with God when we do what that young eagle did and we, we just put out our wings and trust Him, right? And as we experience God coming through in our lives for the first time, as we experience God doing a miracle in our stories, and we feel we soar for the first time, we experience something that will change us forever. Because once you've experienced God come through, it changes your perspective. And hopefully the next time we face some unexpected something, instead of frantically trying to figure it out ourselves, we learn to put up our wings and trust Him. We feel something catch and we begin to soar. We fly through it all, right? That's what He wants us to do, to listen for His voice, to trust Him in spite of the challenges of life. Have you ever asked, sometimes when I read a, a story like this, I guess it's the way my brain works, but I, I ask interesting questions. But have you ever asked, where did all those baskets come from that day? Right? I mean, think about it. There was over 5,000 people there, and they had enough baskets to take it to all these groups, right? And at the end of the day, there was 12 baskets full left over. Where did all those baskets come from? I don't know. But Jesus already knew what he was going to do. He already had a plan. And, and who took those 12 baskets full home? I don't know. But Jesus already knew what he was going to do. 
And why was it that after everyone else had eaten all their lunch, this little boy still had his, right, wadded up in his back pocket? I don't know. But Jesus already knew what he was going to do. And why does it seem like your plans just haven't worked out the way that you dreamed? I don't know. But Jesus already knows what he's going to do. And maybe you're here this morning and you feel like you're in a desert place and the hour is late and there doesn't seem to be any answer around what, what should you do? I don't know. But I believe that Jesus already knows what he's going to do. And he's just waiting for you to open up your heart and to trust him and to turn to him this morning. There's an old song that I've heard all my life that's often been a source of strength in my darkest hours. It's a, it's a reminder of who He is. It's an old hymn called, He Giveth More Grace. It says, He giveth more grace when the burdens grow greater. He sendeth more strength when the labors increase. To add an affliction, He addeth His mercy. To multiplied trials, His multiplied peace. When we have exhausted our store of endurance, when our strength has failed ere the day is half done, when we've reached the end of our hoarded resources, our Father's full giving has only begun. And here's the chorus. His love has no limit. His grace has no measure. His power has no boundary known unto man. For out of His infinite riches in Jesus... He giveth and giveth and giveth again. And here's what I want you to catch this morning. When we've reached the end of our resources, when our strength feels like it's gone, when we feel like we're in that desert place with no hope in sight, He's the one that still has 12 baskets left over. Right? He still has more than enough. No matter what it is that we're facing, there is nothing that you could face in this life or a thousand lifetimes where we could face something that's too big for Him to handle. So this morning, I wanted to remind you to trust Him. Maybe you're fortunate and you're in a place right now, you're in one of those mountaintop times and everything is going great. I, I want you to remember who He is and how much He loves you. It's awfully easy to believe that God can come in and step into someone else's story and situation. It's, it's harder for me to believe sometimes that He sees mine. But He does. He knows exactly what you're facing today. He knows exactly where you are. He knows every detail even better than you do. And not only does He know that He cares, and He loves you in a deeper way than you can ever imagine. He is just sitting back and waiting, calling out to you, telling you just, just spread out your wings and trust me. Stop frantically flapping and trying to solve it all yourself, but, but give it to me and let me step in. Because He wants us to trust Him. And I believe as we just spread out those wings and say, okay God, this is, this is bigger than me. I don't have the answers. This seems impossible, but Lord, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to trust You. As we do that, I believe we'll feel that that wind catch our wings, right? There's nothing like experiencing God come through in our stories for us 
And you know there's nothing more powerful too when we think about being an example for our community. There's nothing more powerful than having your story to tell. It's one thing to share a story of a couple thousand years ago or someone else's story, but, but when God comes through for you, that's powerful. Not only for you, but for your friends.